Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Good morning, you beautiful people. Who's glad to be in church? Oh, I love it, love it, love church. We're going to hear it from the Bible today. Who loves their Bible? Say it, I love my Bible. You can stop there, but I'm going to say some more because it, it's, it's a light, it's a lamp, it, it's a correction, it's an encouragement, it's a builder, it, 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 it just does so much in our life. So um, today we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to just speak to us individually, but corporately as well. Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing Jesus to us. Jesus, thank you for revealing the Father to us. And Father, thank you for being so merciful, so generous and so loving towards us. That even while we were sinners, you sent Jesus to die for us. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. And right now, Holy Spirit, I thank you for ministering to each mind, each soul, and each body. May your kingdom come and may your will be done here, right now, here, today, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Shake hands with someone around you and say, good morning, you look wonderful. All righty then. Don't be too friendly. Oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> oh, come on. Who enjoyed Soak Night on Thursday night? If you were here, um, what an awesome time. Um, yeah. God's doing something at the moment. I hope you've switched on to that. hope you're not switched off and just looking around. Um, it's interesting. The first lines of the song that we started up from greyest skies to living colour. I was watching a show last night, a very powerful, in-depth, gripping look at gritty life. It was Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And uh, some of you know that show, some of you don't. But Jake Peralta in there, he makes this comment. He says, everything used to be black and white to me. Now all I see is grey. That's the funny thing about the way that we look at things. It's either black or white or it's just grey. I'm telling you now, the light of God is colourful. It is a full spectrum of light that is not just black or white. We just look at black and white. Oh, you have money or I don't have money. Thank you, Zach, for that incredible message this morning. And then we go, but the grey in between, I can't, I can't discern it. I can't define it. Do you know the funny thing about grey? Is that we only can see a couple of spectrums of grey when there are profoundly immense variations of grey and we just go that's grey. My wife painted our inside of our house, our house is getting smaller and smaller from the inside because it's now on the fourth, third, hopefully the last paint colour on the inside and it's grey. But if you came in there you'd say oh no it looks a little bit green or it looks a little bit purple or it looks a little, no no it's grey. The outside of our house is grey but you might say it looks blue. There's so much to see in the spectrum of light. Do you want to see some colour today? I want to have a look at some colour, what God has given us. Today, I want to talk on, I'm continuing on this foundations of rest. And um, there's a word that's been coming up and Paul brought it up when we were having a chat and he was talking about reconciliation. So I want to talk about foundations of rest in reconciliation. Foundations of rest. So I want to call it rest conciliation. Okay, it's a work in motion. Come on. <laughs> Sounded funny in my head. So much sounds funny in my head. When it comes out of my mouth, it's just not funny. 
Steve McCracken made these profound statements last week. We only need to do these two things to walk in the purposes and the fullness of God. Number one, live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. And number two, care for what belongs to God. And I just got massive revelation on that when he started talking about, you know, our communication is a gift from God. Our, our relationships are a gift from God. Our breath is a gift from God. What are we doing with it? How are we glorifying God with it? Because everything must glorify God. Everything in creation, the birds all glorify God. Have you ever fed a seagull thinking, oh, that poor starving thing, I better give it a chip. It's screaming out for food. It got there and it looked healthy. We think that we're in control. Got to give it some food, you know, to keep, but God feeds them all the time. Moin, 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 moin. 2 Corinthians 5, 15 to 20 says, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and them was raised again. Resurrection. None of us talked about what we're going to say this morning. This is all just the Holy Spirit going, Do you know what? Even, the, even your pastor, he's a bit dim, but you know what? I'll just make him blend in with everyone else so it makes it easy for you. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here! Exclamation mark. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. Hallelujah. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his personal appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Reconciled to God. The new creation has come. The old has gone. What a great statement that is. I need to remind my mind. I need to remind my mind of this on a daily basis. No, Stephen, the old is gone. The new has come. You are not the old creation anymore. You are now the new creation. But the thing is that we're not reconciled to God. We're not bought back just so that we know our value. We're not just bought back. That's what reconciled means. It means to to actually bring the balance back. We're not just brought back or we're not just freed so that we can be free. We're freed to be a vessel and a vehicle and a conduit of freedom. We are reconciled to be a vessel, a vehicle, a conduit of reconciliation. So today, I want to talk our... our (laughs) I'm going to try and talk out of Malachi. Or as some of us know him, the great Italian prophet Malachi. Now, Malachi, he faced a nation. (laughs) So he was taught 400 years before Jesus came, Malachi got a prophetic word from God. Now, he gave this, he passed on this prophetic word, and then immediately after he spoke, heaven was silent for 400 years. 
This, we need to take notice of what Malachi was saying because God was speaking to not just the nation of Israel but to the whole of mankind about his heart, about his expectations and about his desires to love us. And it is really, really good. So Malachi faced the nation that had grown indifferent towards God. This is Israel. He spoke to stir their hearts, to turn them from apathy, to renew their commitment to the Lord our God. The thing is that Israel had turned from behaving like God's people and they became selfish. Um, the ones whom God had did, who, whom God had done so much for um, had now started behaving stingy, stingy and spiteful. They stopped tithing and divorce became rampant. Their families dissolved. It's amazing how one little act of selfish disobedience can filter right through and just change everything. The whole world that is important to us. Family, generations, blessing that comes from that. I am so glad that I had great-grandfathers that took a stand to say, Oh, we're going to follow. As for me and my house, we're going to follow the Lord. I'm glad I had grandparents that said, as for me and my house, we're going to follow the Lord. I'm glad I had parents that said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If you're making that decision today and you're the first generation to do so, I implore you, do it. Be reconciled to God because you can transform not just one family, but generational families. Malachi spoke from God's perspective with um, God making very defining statements about Israel, but then also making replies on Israel's behalf, sort of giving them like, oh, we'll talk about that. You see, God would say, you have and I have, and then Israel would say, how have we and how have you? They were like really in this bad position. But it's a, the whole of Malachi is about reconciliation and repentance. Malachi gives us God's warnings of choosing our ways rather than the way. The way. Not just God's ways, but the way. But also the benefits and outcomes from choosing the way, his way. And it all starts with obedience. So who wants to see a little bit more colour today? Malachi 1, 2, I'm in the right place then, starts off with this. He says, I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, how have you loved us? (laughs) Straight away. And then he goes to tell him, was not Esau Jacob's brother? He's talking to Israel here. Was not Esau Jacob's brother? And I have loved Jacob. And then through Jacob, I have loved you. Wasn't that he just rejected Esau, but he had to make an actual you know, um, example of Esau to show how much he loved Jacob because of what happened to Esau. But the thing is that they go, how have you done this? And then in Malachi 2.17... God says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. And they say, how have we wearied him? (laughs) By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord. And he is pleased with them. Where is the God of justice? What they're actually saying is, what is the benefit for us following your ways when people who don't follow you, who aren't called God's people, are getting monies? How come you're, they're getting so much financial bliss? They're looking from one perspective only. One perspective only. Grey, uh, black maybe, 
white maybe, I don't know what colour it was, but it wasn't the full spectrum that God's talking about. How come people that don't obey you are still getting monies? <laughs> so why should we keep following God's example? Why should we keep following God's standards if the people that don't honour you are getting the monies? So we'll keep our monies to ourselves. Boom, straight away, something transforms. Those of us that have studied the Bible and are like students of the Bible will know that in Malachi are some profound statements about the Elijah, the spirit of Elijah to come, about tithing, about um, return to me and I'll return to you. There are so many profound statements in this and I want to sort of try and get to them today as well as I can. So it continues, the whole thing. You have done this, I have done this. How have you done this? How have we done this? Listen to this, Malachi 3.7. Even from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my ordinances and have not kept them. They're his regulations, his rules, his standards, ordinances. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? How shall we return? See, the thing is, their behaviour in one area that spread to a whole different pattern, made them turn aside from becoming, from this generational pattern that God wanted for them. Your fathers, your fathers have turned aside and now to you, you are so far away that you can't even understand how can we return to you? How shall we return to you? But God had already said this. He preempted this. He, he, he had a plan. He preempted this because this is Malachi 3.7, but in Malachi 3.1, he says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, the promise, the new relationship whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But then when they said, how shall we return? God doesn't even answer them then. He immediately goes into Will a mortal rob God? This is in Malachi 3.8. From 3.7 to 3.8, they just go, how shall we return? He goes, will a mortal rob God? Yeah, you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And God says, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse. You are reaping what you have sown. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. This isn't a message about tithing. This is a message about our hearts. This is a message about a perspective. This is a message about us seeing the full colour spectrum of God. But it's amazing how one area can infect our lives so profoundly. And not just our lives, but generationally. How stinginess can affect a whole generation of people. How selfishness can infect a whole generation of people. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. And the word says, don't test the Lord your God. So what he's actually saying is, check it out for yourself and see if this is not the case. And see if I do not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Now as people, black and white people, maybe a little bit grey people, we will say, oh, so if I give money, then God's going to pour money from heaven onto, into me. Like I'm going to be Scrooge McDuck diving around in my house, you know, in, in coins. It looks so good, didn't it? Who's read those comics? Come on, I grew up with Scrooge McDuck, you know, and Donald. I didn't like Mickey. Pfft. 
Mickey. Hello, Pluto! You know, Mickey. <laughs> but Scrooge and Donald, oh, I love those. Have you ever dived into coins? I saved up a whole stack. Remember those big um, canisters of, that had like a $50 note around them and you could put coins in there? I don't know how many thousands of dollars these things can hold, but once you get halfway through, yeah, my brother's talking at the moment, I know what you did. I filled it up and I counted it one night, I poured it out on my bed and I dove into it to see what Scrooge McDuck experienced. I just dove into a sheet metal wall. It was so painful. <laughs> I had dints over my body for days. <laughs> and I went into the bank with my monies. And I gave my monies, which I knew how much monies I had because I counted it the night before. My little brother thought that he needed some of that monies more than what I did. And I'm like going, oh, your machine's broken. You just counted that. And I'm, yeah, I'm like... I don't know, $100, $200 down? Come on. Years later, my little brother comes up to me and goes, yeah. I'm like, what's this for? And he goes, remember that big bucket of money? <laughs> and he gave me back every cent. I think with interest. He gave me back extra. <laughs> I honour you for that because I'd forgotten about it. Oh, but when you gave me that money, I'm like, oh, happy days. Free money. Free money. You know, when you find money in your pocket, you go, free money. It was yours all along. Relationship with Jesus. It's here. It's now. It's ours all along. We're no longer considered by our sins. No, God does not look at mankind that way anymore. All he sees is Jesus. And you might say, oh, but the world. No, no, no. Don't get black and white on me. Let's follow the, look at the full colour spectrum of God. We no longer consider anyone in this way. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But right here it says, goes on to say, um, if you do so, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. Nothing about money. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Nothing about money, says the Lord God Almighty. Then the nations will call you blessed because you have food. You have enough to eat and sit down and enjoy with your family and have an abundance of what you need, not what you want, but what you need in life. I think it's a travesty when we walk through the supermarkets and see just produce growing there and not give honour to God. I think it's a travesty that we can wake up in the morning not gasping for air, not gasping for air, clean air, pure air, and not give glory to God with that same breath. It's a tragedy. It's a travesty. We've got our eyes on black and white when there's a full colour spectrum out there waiting for us to see, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land. What he's saying, what yours will be a delightful life. The land of our existence, the soil of our life. It will be a delightful life, says the Lord, not just the Lord God, the Lord Almighty. <laughs> but tithing's such a tricky subject. We try to reason it out and say, you know, why do I need to give what's mine? The thing is that um, tithing isn't the sign of a mature and deep Christian. It's actually elemental stuff. Because God actually says, oh, you're tithing now? <laughs> you're no longer a thief. <laughs> Sorry, if I offended you today, I meant to. Um, 
It's true. It's true. It's the word of God. And if, if you go, oh, that's offended me, it's offended your flesh. It's offended your brain meats. Your brain meats are meats. There's nothing spiritual in your brain meats. But what does your spirit say? Because if you're generous and you throw yourself into the hands of the almighty spirit, he says, I will give you more. I'll provide for you in more ways than what you could ever expect. The word blessed there means to be... I think I've got it up. Have I got it on the screen? Blessed? I hope so because there's a lot of words in here. Blessed means to be straight, to be level, to be right and happy, to go forward, be honest and to prosper. Called to go, called to guide, called to lead, called to relieve. To be straight, to be level. The nations will say, you're straight, you're level, you're right, you're happy. You're going forward, you're honest, you're prosperous. You are called to go, you're called to lead, you're called to guide. I want to follow your example. I want to, where you are, you're happy in your life, even though I know that stuff isn't going right for you. You're prospering in your life, even though there's a lack in your life. How are you doing that? God says you will be blessed. The nation will regard you as blessed. People will see you as blessed. So my message today is actually not just on reconciliation. It's on how to transform a city. Because we prayed about this on Tuesday morning. There was some really in-depth prayer coming out on Tuesday morning at Breakthrough Prayer about, God, we want to see our city transformed. We want to see the people that we love in this city that we, where we are at the moment. We want to see it transformed. How do you transform a city? God, I've thought about that. Immediately a weight comes on me as I'm praying that. And I'm going, yeah, how are we going to do this? This is a big job. How do we get together and plan this out and do this? And God just says, you need to rest in who I've called you to be. And that brings reconciliation. Malachi 4.2. But for you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with a healing in its rays. That word rays in some version actually says with healing in his wings. The word wings, the word rays there means this, the edge or extremity of a garment or bed clothing where we rest. The hem of a garment where the woman pressed through and grabbed, touched. Even if I just touch the bottom of his garment, the very extremity of it, I'm going to get healed. Even if I just rest, when I'm at the edge of myself, there's healing there. And it does, not only is there healing, but it goes on to say, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Some versions say, stall fattened calves. Stall fattened. That's like stock feed cows. I don't know if you've ever seen the shows where they say, look at this corn-fed beef. Look at the layering, the marbling of fat in there. And you just go, that was really, oh, why am I talking about food when we're fasting? Oh. <sighs> Who's enjoying fasting so far? I'm so glad that you guys haven't put ash on your heads or wearing sackcloth. That used to be the old practice. Put ashes in your hair, put on a sackcloth and... <laughs> Walk around. No, God says, that's, that's not the type of fast I'm after. I'm after a fast that actually releases bonds and feeds the poor and clothes the naked. Isaiah 58, that's what God says. 
That's uh, the fast of after. You're going, how is going without food? No, no, no. It actually shows you where your hunger is. The hunger of the body is, is actually subject to the hunger of the spirit. Getting close to God. And God never leaves us without. Where am I up to? Three minutes to go. Whoa. So what's the benefit of being a stall fat and calf? Never, never use that term to define your spouse. Even though it sounds good here, just go, oh, babe, you're looking like a stall fat and calf today. Just frolicking. No, but the benefits of this, of this frolicking, actually says, and you shall tread down the wicked. You shall tread down. This is the next line. You shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. But we're no longer to consider anyone by the pattern of this world anymore. It's not against people because Paul said to us in the revelation of Jesus, our battle, our fight is not against people, it's against principalities and powers. So we'll have authority for whatever's infected our families, whatever is generational in our families, whatever is trying to oppose or oppress us, we will be able to trample it, tread it down, ashes under the soles of our feet, the spirits... And the principalities and powers that think they have right over us, now Jesus has done it so that we're free to be a vehicle of freedom. And then he goes on to say, Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Herob for all Israel. Interesting, going back to just tithing, uh, to dwell on it. So many people say, oh, that's law and I don't want to come under law. I'm in the New Testament now. But in the New Testament, all they had was the Old Testament. It wasn't until later on, 50 years later, that they started Matthew and Mark and Luke went looking for what's this message all about. That's when it was written. They didn't have the New Testament in the New Testament days. They only had the Old Testament. And the amazing thing is that tithing was the example of Abraham, the father of not Moses, the father of the law, but Abraham, the father that we call the father of faith. Abraham believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Now, that will blow your mind if you try working that out. But that's what faith does. Faith is powerful. Oh, quickly. Can you receive this quickly? Okay. Malachi 4.5. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the, Lord's, of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. <laughs> the children here will go, finally, mum and dad will get me. And the parents are going, finally, the kids are going to behave. That's not what it's about. That's not, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Because Why? God says, I will come and wipe this place out because this is my plan. For the hearts of the parents to be for their children and the hearts of the children to be for the parents. This is a generational thing that was broken. Even Israel, God used their example of one little thing leading them away in disobedience to where they reached a point, how can we return to you? And God says, I've already done it because I've already prophesied it and he's already coming. It's in my plan. Jesus is coming. The message is going to appear in the temple. But before that comes, I'll send the spirit of Elijah. Now you might be saying, when's the spirit of Elijah going to turn up? It's already happened. In because John was the cousin, cousin of Jesus. Before we do this, I just want to make one profound statement here. How do we transform our city? How do we transform our city? Do not lose the, the, 
the profoundness of the simplicity of this statement that I'm about to make. A healthy family is the most powerful tool to transforming a city. A healthy family is the most powerful tool to transforming a city. Because they will say, you are blessed. You're a leader in this way. You're a guide in this way. How can I follow you? Do you know how much families are just falling apart and they are looking for an answer to how to do it? And God says, I will do it by my spirit. The angel of the Lord appears to the parents of John before he's even conceived. And they make, he makes this proclamation in Luke 1, 16 to 17. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Malachi 2.15 says this, Has not the one God made you? Care for everything that belongs to God. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. Godly offspring. God doesn't just desire godly offspring or godly fruit, because you might say, but I don't have any children, so how do I have offspring? You still have fruit in your life. You still produce something in your life. You still have an atmosphere in your life. You still have authority in your words. You still have generosity in your fingertips. Godly fruit. Then it goes on to say, so be on guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. There is so much before this where, where God says, you come to me in tears And with your offering and pleading to me, but I don't even look at your offering because you're treating your family poorly. And you've allowed, and and the one that you're meant to protect, you're hating and divorcing. Family is so important. Let's not lose the perspective of God's um, ordained vehicle and instrument of bringing generational blessing to this nation, to this planet, through families. And you might say, how is this even important? Malachi 3.16 says, Then those who, whose lives honoured God, sorry about the spelling of honoured there, copied and pasted, God got together and talked it over. God got together and talked it over. This is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Talked it over. God saw they were, what they were doing and listened in. And a book was opened in God's presence and minutes were taken of the meetings with the names of God-fearers written down and all the names of those who honoured God's name. Now, Jesus sent out the disciples. He breathed on them and said, receive the Spirit. And then he said, go, go and and heal the sick, raise the dead, you know, release those in bondage. They go out and they come back and they go like, Jesus, you're not going to believe this. Even the demons are are subject to us. And he goes, "Uh, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your name is written in the book. Rejoice that your name is written in the book. There's a record being written about your family right now. Kids, how you're treating your parents. Parents, how you're treating your kids and how you're treating your partner and your spouse. Where you're at to, up to in your relationship. Is it honouring God? Because that is not just desired by God. That is right at the top of his list. 
Because he's saying, through you, I will show the world that I exist. Through you, through your family, through you, I will show you that I exist. Because when the storms come, you'll be solid and the rest of them will be there going, ah! Isn't it funny at the moment that we're seeing the acts of God? How come he doesn't get um, praise for the acts of providence? How come he doesn't get praise for the acts of everything that he's put in the earth? Nobody, when they find gold, go, oh, God, put this here and it's mine to use. Or, well, no, no, they just like, yee-haw, look what I discovered. God's blessing is everywhere. Please don't be just too black and white to miss the full color spectrum. Your work is a, a gift from God. Where you're serving in, in your sphere of influence is a gift from God. Your family, though it may be tough at times, is a gift from God. Be disciplined and bring discipline in your families. I'm going to finish up. We're a couple of minutes over. Can you stand with me this morning? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for families. I want to pray, pray for marriages. And if you need specific prayer, we've got a great prayer team that can pray for you afterwards. But I'm just going to do a an overall general prayer. Is that all right? And then if you need prayer, please don't walk out of here going, oh, they look a bit too busy for me to pray with them. No, 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 no. Don't think like that. Don't, don't say our no for us. Because no one here, if you come up and say, please pray for me, is going to say, I'm too busy. I've got to go have a coffee. I've got to go and have some lunch. They're fasting. They don't need lunch. <laughs> Father God, Father of creation, Lord God Almighty, Holy Spirit, that we would get a, a fresh vision and a fresh perspective of who the Father is and how generous and how lavish He is. Oh, in Romans 12, it says, In view of God's mercy, let us offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to Him, which is our spiritual form of worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Father, thank you for your will because it is so beautiful. It is so pleasing. It is so perfect. Father, I thank you for your kingdom coming in marriages, your kingdom coming in families, your kingdom coming in households in single parent households, in single individual households. Father, I thank you for the full colour spectrum that we just don't look at the black and white of life or just see grey. But thank you, Father, the grey raincoat of existence gets lifted because the light of Christ has come. May we see the full spectrum of your light. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Here on earth, Father, I thank you for reconciliation and restoration in families, in marriages. Thank you for hearts of children being turned back to parents and hearts of parents being turned back to children. Thank you for parents' hearts being turned back to each other. Thank you for restoration and a consolidation of mercy and grace in households. And Father, I pronounce that blessing that you speak of, that blessing of, of straightness, of happiness, of guidance. Oh, Father, thank you for your blessing that goes beyond what we think it is just financial. It's so much more than that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you. that You don't just give us what we want. You give us what we need. We think if I only had more money, 
<laughs> That's not what it's about at all. Thank you, Father, for your peace. Thank you, Father, for your joy. And thank you, Father, for your wholeness in body, soul, and spirit. And I proclaim this in Jesus' name. And we all agree by saying, Amen. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.